Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another episode of the podcast. It is the Minds on Muscle show. Glenn and I are here live. We're going to talk about growing your personal training business, your client base in 2023. And this is part one of two. So today we're talking about what is not working. We're going to give you some candy anyway to get started. Glenn, how you doing? I'm lovely, Brendan. How you doing today? I'm good, man. Really, really good. Um, what I wanted to start this whole thing off was if you're new to this episode, listen to the show, please check out the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group. This Friday, I'm going to be running two live trainings in two weeks to help you get 10 clients in 14 days with some very basic stuff that we're teaching in the mentorship with something that I call the Money Now Tactics. So if you're listening to this, you're not a part of the Facebook group, join now. If you've missed it and you've listened to the future, please join and ask about how you can get 10 clients in 14 days because I'd love for all personal training clients, trainers like you to have the business that you deserve. But today, what's not working, 2023? What's not working, 2023? Ladies and gentlemen, the world is always an interesting place. It's always evolving. It's always changing. And you have to keep up with current trends and know what's going on in the world of marketing, in the world of business, in order to make sure that your business keeps growing and that you stay afloat. So today, we're going to be breaking down what we've been noticing and through our own research, but what's not really working anymore that used to work. I'm going to give you some suggestions about what you can start doing in order to start growing your business today. Now, now, truthfully, I want to kind of emphasize this really starting off. I have, and Glenn, we have all spent a ton of money on education, on growing business and marketing systems. We spent a ton. I, I've lost count how much money I've spent on mentors to help me learn what I can do in this business to help expedite the growth of Strata Internal Performance, the gym that I own and that we all work at here together, which is great. But one thing that happens consistently is that as people start to do new things and they work really well, everyone starts to do the same thing. And this accidentally creates this trend of if everybody's doing the same thing, standing out amongst a sea of people doing the same things gets very difficult. So there are a few things that Glenn and I and Taylor have been identifying amongst our students that was not working in 2020, is not working in 2023, that was working in 2022. And I'll throw this one out there to start right off. The first thing that's not working in 2023 is direct call to actions. Most business coaches, whether you're growing an online business or an in-person personal training business, including myself and Glenn and Taylor, would tell you to do things like direct call to actions. I am looking for three men or women who want to lose 10 pounds of body fat in the next three weeks. A call to action is where you do a very direct ask to a very specific person to try and get that hot temperature lead or warm lead to opt in and message you to start a conversation. And this creates inbound traffic from that outbound call to action. These have worked in the past and I've used them very successfully. And in fact, we've seen some really incredible growth in 2020, 21 and 2022 from doing these exact things in actual Facebook groups of local towns. But unfortunately, everyone's doing it now. And this means since everyone else is doing it, right? Earl Nightingale very potently says, whatever direction everyone else is going, you should go the complete opposite direction. Since everyone else is doing these exact same things, Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms are squelching the viewership of these posts because they are an ask. They're asking consumers to do something, to buy something, and now you're using their platforms to try and make money very obviously. So we need to, in 2023, stop doing direct call to actions. Yeah, the world changes, and I think from a psychological perspective, if you're always asking, 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 people start to perceive you as a taker. And nobody really wants to be surrounded by someone who's a taker. Different reasons. People might believe that you're manipulative or that you are selfish, and people don't really want to be associated with people like that. When you think about being out in the world and how people want to see themselves, people like to be seen favorably. 
They want to be seen as someone who is giving, who is caring, who is supportive, who gives out to the community. And they don't want to be associated with people who are just taking, 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 taking. And so if you are continuously always putting in these very direct call to actions, and there are ways to do it that may be a bit more subtly that we're going to discuss, maybe part one, maybe part two, we'll see. But if you're always uh, asking, 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 taking, 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 you're not going to be seen favorably by those people around you. You can even think about the kind of people in your day-to-day -day life. I've had friends who were, when we would go out, they'd always be short cash. And when they'd be short cash, we'd always kind of spot them and then they would get to eat with us and we'd have a good time. But after a while, our opinions of this person in our friend group became lesser and lesser because he was known as a taker, someone that didn't want to contribute to the group as much, but just kind of took and took and took and took. And eventually, he found himself not in our friend group. Kind of more of a, a natural uh, a break off, a natural dissemination from our friend group. We just started seeing the world in different ways. And as you may or may not know, when you've got people who have a very different worldview than you, you tend to not be as close with them as time goes on. But the whole point I'm trying to make here is that if you're the kind of person who's always asking, 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 not giving enough, people are just going to want to be turned off by that, both digitally online, as we're seeing in social media now, but also in real life as well. Yeah, this is a very quick and easy way to lose influence and respect amongst people if you're consistently, consistently asking. So that's a super great point, Glenn, for sure. I want to throw out another idea to you really quickly, and we're going to try and speedball a few of these ideas. And then I know Glenn's got some very important ones as well. In 2023, posting egocentric content is not going to be the way to grow your business. Now, I'll throw an idea out there that we talked about in one of our mentorship calls. Personal business, service business, and product businesses. Sorry, personal brands, service brands, and product brands. Growing your brand is one thing. And when I say don't post egocentric content, I post pictures of me with my kids intermittently. I don't post pictures of him with his family intermittently. I'm not saying don't do that here and there to build authority and explain things that you're excited about and build a personal relationship. But one of the things I've seen and we've seen among students is that when we're trying to get someone to grow their personal, their business, they're trying to grow strata internal performance, they'll start to post more and more pictures of them exercising, more selfies of them in the gym, more things of them inside their personal training facility, and even more, lots and lots and lots of pictures of their head talking in their gym. Some of this is absolutely fine and acceptable. But the truth is we have to recognize that that egocentric content driven by you is not going to draw an ideal target audience all the time. It can a little. Talking head stuff like doing strata quick tips that both Glenn and I have done and many of our students, that can work, but you have to space it out amongst building social proof and posts like we just said a moment ago that are constantly giving. It has to be about who is paying attention to the content. And as much as you are in incredible shape and you've got some really cool exercises, just seeing you all the time in your gym does not relate your business to potential prospects. What you're going to see come up a lot in this particular podcast and part two as well is going to be this idea of making things less about you and more about helping as many other people as you can. And egocentric content, like Brandon said, can be helpful and useful if done in the right way. However, for the most part, if your product is not you, the human being, if your product is the service, you'd be showcasing that service and the social proof that comes with that. The perhaps exception that there may be for always making about you, 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 is if you are a fitness Instagram influencer. And honestly, if you listen to this podcast, that probably isn't you because we're all about helping trainers grow their one-to-one -one personal training business. If your goal is to blow up, have tens of thousands of followers because you've got an amazing body, kudos to you, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But just understand the time and place to post things about yourself that are more egocentric versus things about other people which are not about you. It's more about geocentric or the people that are around you and their wild success or how you're going to be helping them or just giving more value information. Client-centric. It's got to be client-centric. What he said. Client-centric. It's all about the client. Everything you're doing is giving to the client, the prospective client. Things will grow quickly because you're truthfully trying to help these people. The more you try and help people, the faster your business will grow. Here, Glenn, you give me one. Okay. So uh, this is something that I've been thinking about a whole bunch, and we talk about it a lot in the mentorship as well. And that's the idea of creating these tit-for-tat referral networks. Uh, I won't name particular names of different groups, but every town has a local referral group where you go there, there's a local chapter, and you sit around and you try to give each other referrals. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And for some businesses, it can be quite lucrative. From my experience of being a part of a lot of these different ones, there's a couple things that do not work. One, if you're not giving out referrals, you're not going to get any back. Very similar to what we've been talking about this entire podcast, which is this whole egocentric thing. If you go to these groups and you're just there to get yourself referrals, not there to help other people, you're not going to get anything back in return. The second thing is that the quality of these referrals, because the whole idea of these programs and these chapters is to generate business for other people, the referrals tend to be not that strong. There tends to not be an, a strong emotional need or desire for perhaps the referrals you're getting for those people to work with you. We're going to suggest and show some other ways in part two about how you can actually generate some referrals without actually being tied down to one other person. But tell me if this sounds familiar. You contact a physiotherapist or a chiropractor and you sit and chat and meet with them. And the idea is that if you've got people that are in pain and discomfort, you're going to refer to them. And if they got people that want to improve mobility or get stronger, they're going to refer people to you. So what happens now when you get somebody and that doctor, that chiropractor isn't near them? You're going to still refer to that person? What happens to that professional relationship? How do you manage that conversation? Committing yourself to only one referral source can get you in some hot water. We're going to share some ways in which you can build your local reputation with a whole bunch of potential referral sources without ever cornering yourself to having to refer outwards, which I think is an absolutely huge, incredible opportunity for any exercise professional. Because let's be honest, if you do a really great job and you've got an amazing product, people are going to talk about you. But if you've got no way to get your message out there and no way to get other referrals outside the people you're working with, business growth can be slow. And as Brandon mentioned earlier on in uh, the conversation in today's podcast, he's going to be running an actual, I'm sure the word challenge, but he's going to be running some training inside our mentorship group for non-students. And she's going to, he's going to share some of these different strategies with you. So please... These tit-for-tat strategies where you get cornered into, cornered into a wall or a corner where you're only referring to one person, they're going to refer to you. These are outdated. you got to stop doing that. You're literally cutting yourself out the legs. On the, the, the tit-for-tat relationship, Glenn said, I'll give you a quick few numbers. I have spent around $4,000 in about a four-year period of time with one of our local networking groups, sponsoring events, paying annual memberships. From that $4,000, I literally have never got one paying client. I have done probably, I don't know, 20 to 25 in-person presentations prior to COVID. And from those 25 presentations, self-generated for this business, not just for me, but other people in here, $100,000 of annual reoccurring revenue that we still get to this day. And all those things cost me just my time. I'm not trying to flex on the things I have done, but I'm trying to showcase that there are very common places that you might think would be a really great place to grow, to grow your business. And in most cases are not because everyone is hungry, like Glenn said, 
But if you go to places that people are hungry for results, uh, now we're talking. Yeah, there's, when you get a referral from somebody and you didn't have to pay for it and it's only because you've got the right network, you do a really great job marketing yourself, the social proof is all there, those referrals become really easy sells. I myself spent $4,000 on a new website and some Instagram posts and some marketing go along with that and I got 30 leads from that. I got zero new clients because those leads were paid for through Facebook and they were not organic. People saw something, they were kind of interested, but when we actually started talking, uh, they weren't that interested in what I was doing. It's a much harder sell. But if these referrals are coming from trusted sources, like other chiropractors, physiotherapists, yoga studios, whatever that might be, those people are red hot. And because they're coming from a trusted source that they trust, they're gonna trust you inherently to begin with, which makes the conversion process way easier. You know, it's funny, you just said something that I think that's important. You said you spent all, you spent all this money and you got all these leads. And when I talk to students, the number of students that are doing things like that, and they get like this influx of leads in front of them. Well, really, these, in, these influx of leads are just people that have pushed some sort of opt-in button or screen or a little word box that suggested that they're interested in. And I'll tell you that we are giving away a bunch of content, right, every month to our mentorship people to help our students grow faster and give them self-made content. They just have to like do a couple things, change some colors. And I have eight or nine resurrection leads that are in my pipeline right now. But I'll tell you, and without saying terrible, I don't get excited by these eight or nine leads. And I think that's extremely important to not have an emotional detachment to five people contacted me. Yes, right? It's very nice to see that things are going, but at the same time, I'm looking at all of these, these, I think it's eight people right now that are all old, very highly credible people, clients that can afford what I can do and all this stuff, they fit into my criteria. They're in my long-term nurture sequence now. And that's a super important thing because any student who's ever done Facebook advertising, and I can introduce you to some if you want, have said that it has not worked for them for this business. Types of business it does, but not this business. So anyway, if you start getting a big pile of leads and people are messaging you and opting you, like this is great. But at the same time, like this is just a part of your business. Don't get super excited, but don't get sad when it doesn't happen. Focus on investing into the skills and the steps that are going to draw people in consistently and realizing when someone says, I'm sort of interested, it could take three years for them to become a paying client. And that's okay because when they're in, they're in. I, listen, this is my start, start getting to part two. I'm right on board with you there, Brandon. The way I've been thinking about more and more often is you've got to have um, like long tail leads and short tail leads. Long tail leads being the people that are a little bit colder. They know a little bit about you. Maybe they're just a little bit warmer than super cold, and they're going to take time to warm up to you. So when their problem does become big enough to actually start investing in it and doing something about it, you're the first person that comes to mind. There's going to be other people where they might find that short-term tail uh, lead generation where you've been doing some great work with one of their friends. Their friends have been talking about you for the past month, and that person has got a very similar problem or something that sounds like you can solve, and they've been looking for someone to help, and your name just happened to come up, so now they're ready to start chatting with you right away. You've got to be able to look at this from both a long-term perspective and a short-term perspective. And I know it can be very, very appealing, especially if you're not as busy as you want to be, to really just dive in and try to push people along as quickly as you can. But human beings, as Brandon says, human beings are funny. Human beings are very, very, very funny. We act in all sorts of different ways. We can be very into something one day and very cold on it the next. And you have to be okay and willing to look at some of these things from a long-term perspective so that you can both build out your long-term reputation, warm up these leads over years if you need to, but also be ready to deal with 
and work with those short-term referrals from the people that have already expressed direct interest right now and can really benefit from what you do because you're coming because they are coming from a trusted referral source or other networking opportunity. Let's put it that way. Absolutely, man. So I've got one more and I think you might have one more. Um, I want to throw something out there that we, I'll tell you what, we were teaching a lot of at the beginning of the marketing mentorship and I still advocate for, but, and a lot of people still advocate for, but for slightly different reasons, at least on our part, doing digital webinars to get in-person organic clients will not be as fruitful in 2023 as it has been in the past. Now, there were several years, obviously, for uh, an SEO reasons won't name, that being digital was very beneficial, right? Doing a lot of webinars digitally got you seen by a lot of people and helped you to continue to grow your business when you were not able to do in-person events. But right now, the live phenomenon on Facebook and Instagram is not as popular as it was. And in fact, they are more leaning into short-term content like Reels to compete with TikTok and be seen more. And as such, digital webinars are not going to bring you a bunch of clients because they're not going to be seen as many, by as many people. However, I still encourage you all to consider doing them because on the pro side of things, you're going to get a much smaller audience. The people who will watch will be hotter leads. So you might get a couple people that watch, but people who are watching are actually interested. And truthfully, if you do that type of content, you can chop it up and create little micro social media videos like we do with this, right? We're recording this right now. We're going live right now. Some of you are watching, some are not. We'll put this on our podcast platform, which is a whole other conversation. And we'll chop this up into shorts that we can use for Instagram reels to help both Glenn and I and Fitness Pro Mentors get more eyeballs on us. You can do the exact same thing. And it's an incredible time saver and I absolutely love it. And Glenn made this suggestion, so I don't want to pretend that it's my idea, but he was suggesting in the same kind of idea, if you're going to do something like this, do a podcast. Oh, I forget exactly where this fits in. I'll be honest. I'm having a bit of a mental brain fog here. Can you remind me, Brad, real quick? I'm we were, sorry about we that, We were buddy. just talking that as far as live webinars go. If you're going to do an event, oh. right, instead of just doing something like an educational event, organize it like a podcast because then that way you can have a podcast and you can actually repurpose it on Spotify and other mediums to be seen by more people. Right. And I'm, I'm sorry. I, had, I didn't put that in my notes. I apologize there. Yeah. So this whole idea of like long-term, uh, long-term leads and short-term leads... I think I really do believe that podcasting is going to be one of the ways that you can grow your business and your reputation the most in the future. The internet has done this really crazy thing where it's opened up the door for anyone and everyone to become an online celebrity. And what we're seeing is a lot more of the attention that used to be driven to, let's say, major news networks or major television stations for people to get their television and entertainment content to now being divided up amongst a whole bunch of smaller little entities that you can be found on YouTube or Rumble or whatever that might be. It's one of the reasons why viewership is starting to tank on platforms like um, cable news networks is because everybody's running to digital. And so this is the time, if any, to start carving out your piece of the pie. Over the next 10 years, the data and the research is showing more and more people are going to start living into their little nooks of the few five to ten different platforms they've subscribed to and the people they like to follow. This person for news, this person for health and fitness, this person for diet, this for health and lifestyle optimization, this for Dungeons and Dragons, D&D if that's your thing, whatever that might be. And as that happens more and more often, it's great for you right now to start carving out your little piece of the pie by doing things that are going to be out there in the universe forever, that when people find you and you're exactly what they need, you can start growing your community and your relationship. And we talk about how to do some of these things at a very local level. 
in the FPM mentorship, but these are things that work in pretty much every program. If you go to any, any person who is going to be a business consult or a coach, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one service, whether it's going to be a digital product or anything like that, they're going to tell you that you want to start doing a podcast or you want to start doing a YouTube channel or you want to start doing some XYZ long form content that's going to be evergreen so that when people do find you and you're exactly what they're looking for, they get hooked. If you're a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer, it's going to look like having a podcast. And when you've got that podcast, you want to focus more on your locale around you. Now, I'll be open and honest with you. It's not like this podcast has millions and millions of subscribers like we're the Joe Rogan experience. But we have our tribe. And Seth Godin actually has a, a, great, a great book on this or a great... It's a book. It's called a, Tribes. Tribes. And it, he talks about having... Well, you only need really a thousand ravenous fans to make a really good... Uh, to make a really good go of having a multi-million dollar business. And I know it's hard to believe that Brandon and I don't have millions of people following us. I know it's tough. But we have some fans. We have close to a thousand. Maybe not all of them ravenous. But this podcast alone in the past six months has generated us three or four new um, FPM students in it, and we have more leads coming in every week, which that's is actually, absolutely fantastic. Sorry, that's, actually just, that's actually just in the last six weeks. Six weeks, that's sorry, like six my weeks, apologies. Not just this year, lots this year, but that's just in the last few weeks. So what was supposed to start here is a bit of like a short-term little uh, tidbit I was going to put on the podcast has now just been a bit of our story about how this thing actually works. And yeah, does it take some time to grow some traction, get a feel for it, build those soft skills? Sure. All those things are transferable to your one-on-one -on -one personal training service, everything else you do from a marketing perspective and not to mention you to find clients from it. Starting a podcast, especially a video form like this, is one of the best things you can do to grow your skill set as a trainer, but also grow your business in your locale. Awesome. I love this all. So listen, everybody, we're not going to leave you hanging, right? We gave you some tidbits today, but in two weeks, we're going to be going into what is working in 2023, much more specifically with some ideas that we're implementing, at least on the top end. And hey, if you're a personal trainer and you're excited about growing your business organically and you're a nerdy science trainer, but you're looking for no fluff, what are the things that are going to help me grow my business? Please join our Facebook group. Send me or Glenn or Taylor a message and let's talk because honestly, we want to see you succeed in 2023. But I think this would be a great time to do our pick of the week. You know, I had a pick of the week and it was about automating your to-do list tasks. I feel like I want to split it between that and what we're going to really expand on in our next podcast. So I want to give you guys a little bit something to think about. You know, whatever you decide to do, I would say there's, there's two things to keep in mind. One, whatever you decide to do, whether it's going to be like a podcast, start a YouTube page, whatever it is that you decide to do to help you grow your business, you got to stay consistent with it. And consistency is really the name of the game here. This podcast that we've been doing for three years now? Maybe four. I don't even know. Maybe four. 2020. We started it before COVID. It started out as a podcast for our clients. And then it evolved into a podcast for trainers. And it really started getting fruitful, I would say, in the past year and a half, maybe. And it really started picking up steam recently. But it wouldn't have gotten here and started netting us some real good return on investment if we didn't stay consistent with it. So number one, whatever you decide to do, do a little bit of research and make sure it's the right thing for you to be doing to grow your business. Don't waste time on low return investment activities and projects. Two, once you decide what that thing is, stay consistent with it. Get it in your schedule, learn the soft skills, double down on it, find a way to use it for your marketing, find a way to use it for your social media, find a way to use it and leverage it for your local connections, international connections, whatever that might be, Learn those soft and hard business skills of podcasting, YouTube, whatever it might be, 
and stay consistent with it. So that's what I'm going to say. Cool. That's my pick of the week. That's a, that's a good one. And we're going to be talking about consistency more next, like Glenn talked about. But um, mine's a pretty simple one, honestly. Uh, mine is, we're going to be talking about Instagram a little bit next time, Instagram Reels. But my favorite thing, it's a very simple pick of the week, is if you're doing multiple video content on Instagram, you can now interject transitions very easily. And the reason why this is my pick of the week is I used to, have to put all my footage into Final Cut Pro. I paid for a transition plugin to make the transitions between scenes smooth and fun. And now Instagram's just got it built right in. And it doesn't have a lot of flexibility, but it makes your videos look so much more cinematic and truthfully high quality. I'm absolutely loving it. So Instagram reels, there's transitions you can add between in between videos. It makes your videos that you record with your phones or whatever you use look so much smoother and cleaner. Certainly recommend experimenting that with Instagram Reels. It just looks super sharp. Can I say one thing on that real quick, Brandon? Yeah. Because it, th this, this gets at me, and I'm, I know, Brandon, you've spoken to students in the program about this as well. Things like Instagram, if, if you're just getting to the first time, oh, so story time real quick. I got a barber, and he's a great guy. And he is just going through this giant business revamp. He barely ever uses social media. And while we were chatting, getting my carriage cut done for half an hour, I literally would just tell him the benefits of social media and how to use it. And he commented to me, he said, Glenn, it's so overwhelming how to learn how to use Reels. Because you got to learn how to cut things, you to learn how to add text, you to learn all the other different functions it has. It takes a long time. I looked at him and said, Frank, I really just want you to sit down for an hour one day this week, watch a 15-minute YouTube video on the basics, and then play with it for 45 minutes and see what you can do. Because a lot of times, that's all it takes to go from being totally clueless about something to competent enough to make some decent content. And if you give yourself another 10 to 15 hours after that of just exploring the app, you know pretty much all there is to know about that thing. So when it comes to skill creation, especially things like social media and Instagram and Facebook, you just got to spend a little bit of time playing with it and learning it so that you can really optimize the dang thing. But don't let, whether you think you're you know, a te techno peasantism, my mom would call it, or it's so new, you think it would take forever to learn. Forget that stuff. Stop telling yourself these limiting beliefs that you have. Spend a little bit of time learning and you'd be amazed how much progress you make in less than an hour. I had to put that out there, but I'm sorry I hijacked it. It just, it's something I'm very, very passionate about is helping people get over those boundaries that they put up for themselves. You just need to spend a little bit of time playing with some things. Just have some fun, everyone, and I'll, learn. That's I'll give it. you an equation to help support Glenn's narrative. Oh, sorry, I touched stuff. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I, you, I'll give you a, a little equation. I was going to go live with it and show it, but I actually can't do it. I was watching a musician talking about, someone asked him, how did you become such a great musician? And he said, well, I effed around. They said, what do you mean? He goes, you want to figure things out? You have to F around. And the more you F around, mess around, play around and experiment, the more you figure things out. If you only put 1% effort in, you're only going to figure out something by 1%. If you mess around at 100%, as you mess around and F around more, you're going to figure things out up to 10. And I got a little diagram I'll be showing in the mentorship, the F around, figure it out ratio. Put more effort in, you'll figure more things out. Anyway, I think that's a great place to end the show. You should definitely coin the F around ratio. I, if you don't, oh, it's I not will. mine. Someone else did. It's not mine. Oh. I'm, I'm borrowing it, so I'm not, not a Brandonism. But anyway, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group. We've got a marketing mentorship that helps people like you. Truthfully, if you don't want to spend any money, just keep listening to the podcast. We give away great information so you can crush it. Listen, enjoy, and let us know. Hey, give us a five-star review too. It helps more people find us. Yes. Uh, everyone have a lovely day. Whatever you do, be consistent and learn, and you'll be successful. Bye, everybody. Take care, guys and gals.
Thank you. Yeah, and then we'll do the 